You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Can you imagine if Jesus walked among us tonight, came right in this room, what do you think he would be looking for more than anything else? How many think he'd want to do a survey of how many are going to volunteer this fall? <laughs> would he check in on the teaching, you know? You know, and find out that Dr. Van is going to be teaching about the end of the world this fall? What would he think of that? Would he go right for our mission statement? You just heard Pastor Jonathan talk about it, you know, knowing God, loving people, impacting our city. Would he sort of check that mission statement? Would he go right to the financial statements of the church to use them as a measurement of the health of this church family. What would he do? Would he, would he come in and would, would he check out the music? You know, too much music from Australia. You know, would he, what would he say? What would he say? Would he say, what would he do? What would he think about the clothing that we wear? Somebody just told me I had a nice sweater. Thank you very much. What would he say? Would he say, oh, you're wearing that to church? Do you think Jesus would say that? We don't have to wonder. Because Jesus walked right into a church. And he told them three things that they were doing that were amazing. But then he tells them about one thing that they're missing. He's looking for it more than anything else. And uh, right now, Chelsea Upshaw is going to come and read from Revelation chapter 2. Watch for the three shout-outs that Jesus gives, but listen especially for what they're missing that he's looking for most. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Thanks, Chelsea. Did, did, you, did you hear the three shout-outs? I mean, he, they're, they're busy. Lots of people are volunteering. He, he says this about their busyness. He says, your works and your toil, they're brave. They're enduring patiently. He says, you can't bear with those who do evil. This is a church that's uh, on a mission. And then they're biblical because they're, they're testing those who call themselves apostles but are not. So they want sound doctrine. They want to be biblical. There's lots to affirm. They've got lots going for them. But then did you hear Jesus drop the bombshell? You have abandoned the love you had at first. 
You need to come back, church. Now, what Jesus says it shouldn't come as any surprise because all the way through the three years of his public teaching, he would tell people that the most important thing that you will ever do with your life is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He said, this is how people will know that you are my disciples. Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And then Jesus drops bombshell number two. Did you hear it? He says, unless you come back, I'm going to come back and remove your lampstand from its place. The, the rationale is that if you, if you don't have a flame on the lampstand, then the, you're not using the lampstand for its purpose. There's no need for the lampstand, so we may as well take it out. You don't use it, you may, you're just going to lose it. The only purpose of the stand is to hold the lamp. A church without love is like a grocery store without food a bank without money, a school without students. It's, it's what you're there for. The Apostle Paul wrote the same thing to the church in Corinth. He says, you can have gifted people. They're, they can have, be amazing when it comes to knowledge and faith. They have a faith that sees miracles. They can give generously, pray and praise in tongues. But if they do not have love, they have nothing. And Jesus is telling the church in Ephesus, he says, you can be busy, brave, and biblical, but without love, you, you, you're losing what most identifies you as my follower. The lampstand had one purpose, to, to help the lamp be in a position to give light. And uh, busy, brave, and biblical are lampstands, but they don't light the way to Jesus unless there's love burning on them. Love burning in everything that we do. But you know what's shocking? How did this even happen to this particular church? I mean, this is the church that Paul wrote to. He started the church and he was away in Rome, wrote them a letter. We call it Ephesians in the New Testament of our Bibles. And uh, Paul writes them. Do you know what he prays for them? He says, I pray for you th this for you guys more than anything else, that you would know the, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of God in Christ Jesus, a love that surpasses all understanding. So that's what I pray for you. So how does a church that was planted by that apostle Paul in love Pastored by the one that Paul says is his most trusted pastor on his team, Timothy. Led by the apostle of love himself, John, the apostle John. How does, how does that church evolve in 50 years into a church doing without the one thing that Jesus says his church is all about? I suppose it's the same, same way it happens for any one of us, any people of God, Old Testament or New, any church throughout history, today, any Christian. Uh, two words, familiarity and forgetfulness. We get familiar and we get busy and we forget. 
I instantly thought, as I was preparing for you, of this brand new Christian. His life had been transformed from, oh, he, he was so messed up. He was a, he was a musician playing in the, in the uh, bars of, of Edmonton with a very, uh, you know, it was a cooking band. They were, they were successful. They were doing well, increasing in popularity. But his life was transformed by Jesus and, uh, you know, I remember he, he got married to the girl he was living with, and he, he, just, he was just so uh, hungry to learn about the Bible and about Jesus. And, and uh, I remember one time, uh, this will sort of help you see the picture. It was at the end of a service in a Sunday night in Edmonton, and there were all kinds of people just kneeling and praying about their week and about their lives and living for God. And I saw him just literally at the front row, and he was literally just, just crying. And I thought, you know, I wonder if he's going through something. Maybe I better just go and say, hey, can I pray with you? And so I did, and he looked up at me, and his face was just beaming with tears coming down. He said, oh, no, Pastor, I'm fine. He said, I just love Jesus Christ so much. I remember when we went to pastor in Ottawa and heard that he was having some troubles and uh, had moved and marriage breakup. And I, I wrote to him much like what Jesus said through the apostle John to the church in Ephesus. Do you remember? Do you remember how much Jesus loves you? And he's there for you for, for when you do a comeback. And I reached out to him. I, I, how, how, how did it happen? He, he, I guess things just got familiar, he got involved, very gifted musically, got involved in the music of the church and, and started to do well there. They were signed up by the word label, which was big back then in the Christian circles. And, and just certain things happen and success and, and, and it, he just sort of got to know the ropes. And it wasn't about Jesus so much anymore. Um, a girl met recently, a young lady that we have watched grow up in this church and went off to university, uh, met her not too long ago. My wife and I had invested in her over the years and good conversations with her. And, and, and I just took her aside. There was someone else there. And I said, oh, can I talk to you for just a minute? And I said, I just have to know. You, know. you know how much I care about you. You know how much I care about your spirit. So I have to ask this. How's it going with you and Jesus? And she looked down. She went, eh. How does that happen? Where someone just grows up hearing about the love of Jesus and experiences it and sees it modeled in their life. I, I don't know, maybe it just becomes so familiar to them. They, they just take it for granted. You know, Jesus will be there when I need him. I, I teach a lead class around here a couple of times a year, and in it I share how in my own life... The church in Edmonton was growing so fast and was doing so many wonderful things in our city. I got so busy as a pastor. I was in my uh, early mid-20s, and uh, I got so busy. I'm not proud to say this, but I got so busy working for Jesus, I forgot about Jesus. Just always getting stuff ready for other people to help them and for trying to keep up to this growing, uh, thriving church. Got so busy working for Jesus, I forgot about Jesus. Like the church in Ephesus, you, you can be busy, brave, and biblical and still need, still need to do a comeback because you're, you're away from what Jesus is looking for most. 
But then Jesus gives them the good news. He not only calls the church in Ephesus to a comeback, he spells out clearly how to go about a comeback. Verse 5, he says, remember. He says, remember. Now, that, 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 that should just cause us to remember the time when Jesus was about to go to the cross. Remember the Last Supper? Jesus is about to go to the cross, and he says to his followers, take this bread. It represents my body that will be broken for you. This cup represents my blood that will be shed for you. I'm giving it all for you guys. You remember. (laughs) This is what I want you to do until I return. Take the bread and cup because it will help you remember how much I love you. I was willing to lay down my life for you, and there's nothing I held back. I gave it all for you. So remember that. So really what, when Jesus spells out the pathway to a comeback, he says it starts with a non-stop refueling with gratitude on love that never fails. A non-stop refueling with gratitude on the love that never fails. Now listen, whether you're, whether you're online or at Clearly today, good morning at Clearly, every one of us if we've lived for any length of time on this planet and have been in relationship with people, we've experienced someone who said they loved us, but that love failed. You know, and then it makes it, you know, when someone promises you, listen, I love you and I'll be there for you, and then they're not. It just makes you distrustful the next time you hear someone say, I love you. But it, it, so many of us online and at Clearly and in this room in Toronto have have trusted Jesus because we saw how he gave everything for us and we thought, well, I can trust a God who loves me that much that he would die to pay for my sins, rise from the dead so that I could have eternal life. If he's willing to sacrifice his life to do that for me, I can trust. And we began to trust him. But you know what? The rest of our Christian life is to be all about experiencing how much more trustworthy his love is. To keep trusting, to just, just seeing, well, boy, it, 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 it's, it's wider than I thought. It's longer than I thought. It's higher than I thought. It's deeper than I thought. It's a love. Listen, other people may have said, I love you and failed you. His love never fails. His love never fails. That's why we sing worship songs. To help us remember. To help us remember in fresh ways, new songs. Along with old songs that help us remember. God, you love us. You know, I was clearly campus. You, you already sang a song that we'll be singing here in a few moments about worthy of all praise we could ever bring. We live for you. And we, we, we sang a song here at the Agent Court campus. Those online would have been able to participate in that song and the truths of it. Amazing grace. Unending love. No wonder we say, oh God, I, I'm going to trust you because your love is amazing. It is unending. And so we trust you. It's why we sing songs. It's one of the best things that happens in this place when we gather together as people People begin to say, oh, yeah, I was thinking this, dealing with this. But listen, I'm beginning to 
I'm being reminded that Jesus cares about me and he wants to help me and, and I can trust him. It, worship songs help us do that. Series help us do that. We're going to be going into the, a, a series that, that talk, talks about you only live once. The end of the world is going to be a reality someday. And we've got Pastor Jonathan, Dr. Van, and I. But you know what our prayer is? Our prayer is not that the people we pastor would become experts in end-of-the-world stuff <laughs> or debate about it, get really good at debating about it. Do you know what? Our, our goal of this series is that you, in hearing about the end of the world, you would long for his appearing, as the Apostle Paul says. Long for his appearing and lead people to a comeback to Jesus. That, that's our prayer. You know, we've got other things coming. We do other things around here that just to help you remember <laughs> your love for Jesus and his love for you. Uh, we're we're going to September 22 uh, at 6 p.m. We're going to ha have a, a service where, where you're going to be able to be anointed with oil. What does that mean? We're going to pour a bunch of oil on you? No. Just touching your forehead with oil. But it's the, it's the symbolic meaning of it that makes it so meaningful. How many have ever done fall 2019 before? Huh? We've never been there before. God, we're going to need you. We're going to need you. And so we're going to turn to the Lord for his help. We're going to have a Holy Spirit night on October 27. Just saying, God, just fill us afresh with your spirit. Fill us with your love. Help us see things as you do. You know, for years I lived right on the ocean. Can you believe this? My bedroom, I'd open the window at night. I could hear the ocean. I could smell that clean Atlantic air. The, the, the beautiful sights. They were there every day. I could enjoy them every day. But you know what happened? I didn't. I just got used to them being there. That was just the way it was supposed to be. I just took it for granted. So I got to a place I didn't even notice. The tragedy is that that can happen with the love of Jesus for us. We can get so familiar and we can get so forgetful. You know, for years now, I've made it a practice to, to ask myself, I could be decades now, just to say, Lord, where would I be without your love? Where would I be today? What would I have done if it wasn't for Jesus? What would I have become if it wasn't for him? You know, I, I, when we taught in that prayer series, I told you, you know, I, I take what Jesus said is the most important thing I could ever do with my life, love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I take each one and say, Lord, I love you with all my heart. So I set my feelings by being grateful for so much good today. I, I love you with all my soul. So I, I choose to live so that today makes a difference forever because it's soul forever. I, I, I sacrifice because I love you with all my mind. I sacrifice to think thoughts that bring the best out of every person and situation I meet today. And I love you with all my strength. So I put my energies into words and actions that glorify you and help people today. Just, just what do you need to do to just sort of just keep refueling with gratitude on this love that never fails? You know, every time 
I come into a gathering, I, I, I remind myself, it's about you, Jesus. Today is an opportunity to encourage someone or help someone to come to know you. I'm not here to analyze the service. I'm here to love the Lord and help people. That's what I'm here for. There was a man that was uh, very busy at his job, and he owned this big house, big property. People admired it. One day, he heard how much the house was worth, and he decided he would put it on the market. So he asked his real estate agent to come in and walk around the property, and it was a large property, and, and, and asked the real estate agent to write an advertisement for it. And when the ad was ready, the agent read it to the owner. And he talked about the trees, the creek that went through the property, the location, best of city and country. And when he finished reading the advertisement to the owner, the owner said, read that to me again. And so the real estate agent read it again. And the owner said, rip up the advertisement. And the real estate agent said, why? He says, I don't want to sell my property after all. All my life, I've wanted to own a property like that, and I didn't know I already had it. <laughs> oh, church, between now and when Jesus returns, let's not miss what we already have in Jesus Christ. Right on? Let's, let's keep refueling with gratitude on the love that never fails. Now, now Jesus has something else to... Uh, the church that needs to do a comeback in Ephesus. He talks about a non-stop removal of whatever puts out the fire for Jesus. Just non-stop. Just keep removing whatever puts out the fire for Jesus in your life. Jesus uses the word repent. That means leave something behind. Change directions. Delete something that's interfering with you. Whatever puts out the fire for, for Jesus by the way, have you ever noticed this? Have you ever noticed this? The only things that Jesus wants to take away in your life are things that you're a whole lot better off without anyway. Have you ever noticed that? You know, pride, conceit, you know, selfishness, jealousy, lust, destructive addictions, fear, anxiety, worry. The only things he wants to take away from our lives are things we're just a whole lot Freer without. But it's not always those harmful things, those obviously, you know, bad things that put out the fire. The, the fire of love for Jesus can go out because we fill our lives so full of good things that we have no more room for the most important thing. And we may end up with just a better lampstand, but what good is a better lampstand without a better flame on it? September is that kind of month, isn't it? That kind of month more than any other. We're back from summer, and uh, everything starts up, and everyone wants you to sign up, right? Seminars, courses, meetings at clubs, even around here, so many good things. Just go to onechurch.do slash connect, and you, you know there's lots of good things to sign up for. So high school and university students, lend me your ears. This week, you are going to be hit with all kinds of good things to add to your schedule. I, I, I want to invite you to, to look at... 
putting the most important things into your schedule first, all right? So let me ask you this question. What do you need to put in place this September so that your love for Jesus will burn stronger and stronger and not cool off? What do you need to put in place first so that your, your love for Jesus will, will burn stronger? If you're going to university outside Toronto, find a group of imperfect followers of Jesus to connect with. Get that into first place in your priority. Get, 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 and if, and if you, you live here in Toronto or you're coming into Toronto to do university or college here, you know, there's a great young adults group here at this church and they're imperfect too. So you'll fit right in. It's just a wonderful group that's here. But whether you're a student or in the workplace, just every one of us, let's schedule what keeps refueling our love for Jesus. Give that first to Jesus. Don't give Jesus leftovers this fall. Right on? Don't give him leftovers. Here's, here's the way J. Wilbur Chapman said it. He said this, anything that dims my vision of Christ or takes away my taste for Bible study or cramps my prayer life or makes Christian work difficult is wrong for me, and I must, as a Christian, turn away from it. And so there's just this non-stop removal of anything that tries to put out my fire for Jesus. Right on? And, and, then, and then Jesus says, there's, there's something else. Come back, church. Ephesus, Ephesians. Is there something else? And that is this, a nonstop response of helping other people make a comeback. Listen to uh, a verse that was read earlier from Revelation chapter 2, as one translation says it. It says, you don't love me. Remember, God says, uh, Jesus says, I'm, I, it comes, and he says, there's this one thing. That, that, that you need to change, you need to come back with. He says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Bible scholars go back and forth and they, don't, they aren't quite sure which one Jesus is talking about. You, you've, left, you've left your first love for, for Jesus or you don't love other people. Which is it? And the reality is that... Both need to be there. Jesus said, the most important commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is very clear. That's why the apostle John, who recorded what Jesus said for the church in Ephesus, he said, you know, you can't say I love God and hate someone. It's just incongruent. They're incompatible. It does not go together. And so Jesus is saying here, my love for you has not changed. But you're, he's saying to people in that church in Ephesus, your response has changed. Your response to me and to other people, it's changed. You know, this is the, this is the final teaching of the comeback series. The last 10 have been about personal comebacks. Remember Samson and Jonah and Peter had to come back from personal failures? Paul came back from being wrong about John Mark. Elijah came back from depression. Hagar came back from rejection. But this final teaching is not about an individual comeback. It's the comeback church. And, 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 and if you keep reading in Revelation, you'll discover that this is just one 
church that Jesus walks among and affirms things and tells them where they need to come back. He goes into these groups of people, all these seven churches in the early chapters of the last book of the Bible, speaks to seven groups of people and speaks to them as groups. Doesn't go to them as individuals. Speaks to them as groups. Something customized for each group. What's the point? Listen to me and don't miss this. Sometimes God speaks to us only because we are in community. And that means that if you're not in community with a group of Christ followers, you're going to miss some of what Jesus has to say to you. I don't know how many times I've heard people say to me, you know, Pastor Keith, you were speaking to me today. You were speaking to me as if I was the only one there. I know a lady that was invited out to our church. She said, I'm not going back. You obviously told the pastor everything about me because she thought I was talking about her. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard people in the worship songs, you know, I came in with this in my heart and it just melted away. As I, I just began to worship Jesus and praise him. Just, just amazing what happens when we get together in community. Community groups, you know, youth. I talked about young adults, university college students, alpha. We're all about that. You, listen, you will miss some important things God wants to say to your life if you are not doing the Christian life with other people. You'll miss, you know, some are obvious. You'll miss encouragement, wisdom, support, laughter, tears. You'll you'll miss gift development, friendships. You'll miss confidence that you could have. You'll miss answers to prayer. Let me give one example. Because the Bible says, you know, do this one for the other. Love one another, encourage one another, be there for... He also says, bear one another's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Watch this. Some burdens are to be shouldered, right? We just shoulder, we just... Okay, God, I just come to you and I turn to you. Some burdens are to be shouldered, other burdens are to be shared, to be shared. That's how God wants to help you when you have that kind of a burden. Some of what you face this fall season, 2019, the help that God wants to give you will come through someone that you are in Christian community with. You know, this is why some people say, why isn't God helping me? Because you weren't in the place where he was giving that help. He gave the help, but you weren't there because you were not in, in community. You know, so, so how, how can this happen? Well, in a, a couple of weeks, community groups are going to start. And yes, we're going to be uh, looking at, you know, the end of the world. You only live once, and the, the end of the world is coming. And, and, and Dr. Van is going to provide video teaching. How many were part of that Holy Spirit community group series that we did? I think that was the, the largest one we ever did in the history of our church, as far as people participating. We're going to have great discussions about, you know, the end times, the end of the world, and what the Bible says. But you know what else is going to happen? It'll be an opportunity to get to know others. Just slowly, just in in an encouraging way, just talking about what the Bible says about the end of the world, but it's an opportunity to network in community. And you know what what you're going to find? I can promise you this. You will find 
that God will say things to you because you were there in community, and God will use you to say something to someone else because you were there in community. And, and you know what will happen then? Your, your love for Jesus and the fire for Jesus just will grow more and more. That's what will happen. My wife took this picture. <clears throat> I, use, I have it as a screensaver. Do you know what it's a picture of? Go ahead, say it. It's a picture of? Sort of. I wouldn't just be up here. Would I ever do that? Would I ever flaunt my wonderful four grandchildren? Would I ever? No, this is a picture of the church. How so, you say? Well, the oldest, Reuben, do you see him? He, he's, we're, we're all supposed to be reading from this book, right? The oldest is listening to what is said. The youngest is finding something of his own experience that he wants to point out. His brother here, I don't think you can see the eyes, but he's multitasking, okay? He's reading with me, but he doesn't want to miss what his brother's pointing out. And the leaven in there is deciding that, you know, yes, I'll listen to these words from Papa, but, you know, maybe I can also uh, see if I can do a somersault on his belly, you know? Th these are all happening. And, 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 but you know what? They all want to be there. You say, why do they all want to be there? Are you ready to say, ah? Are you ready to say, ah? Ready? I know I got the women folk. <laughs> ready to say, ah? Because they want to be with each other and they want to be with their poppy. Yeah, thank you. I heard you online. Thank you. And that's exactly what Jesus is looking for in his church. When he walks into a gathering... Now, it's not just are they busy and brave and are they all on the same page in the Bible? No, it's his followers from different ages and stages, cultures and colors and personalities, interests and distraction. Are, are they all together because they love me and they love one another? That's what Jesus is looking for. It's what he's looking for when we gather. It's what he's looking for when we sing. It's not the songs we sing, whether it's our favorite or not. It's are we using it as an expression of love to him? Are the words something that might encourage someone else, even when they're not our favorites? It's, it's, it's the expression that we have when, when we, we give. Do we give out of love for Jesus and because we trust him and want other people to come to know him? Do we serve and volunteer because of that? Are we expressing it from our hearts? Is it a love that is so great that when Trontonians come amongst us or they get on that chat room online that they see something of, wow, Wow, these people from so many different backgrounds and ages love each other. And that helps them see Jesus. There must be something to this Jesus. And that's the fire on the lampstand that Jesus is looking for. Right on? That's the fire on the lampstand that Jesus is looking for. A couple of um, Weeks ago, Pastor Jonathan concluded a great teaching with a, a wonderful vi video tribute to a former senior pastor here, Pastor Stuart Mulligan, who he was senior pastor the 18 years before I got here. And at uh, Pastor Mulligan's celebration of life service, his daughter Beth gave uh, a wonderful tribute, and she referred to uh, something, she held up something that her dad wrote just before 
going to the hospital. So when he was home sitting in that chair the last time, this is what he was working on. And from beside the chair where he had his daily time with the Lord, his Bible was open, and he was writing these notes. He was writing this. Now, you won't be able to read them, but I'll just tell you a little bit. He says, it's from Hebrews chapter 10. He's writing a message outline. It's a message he wanted to, to, you know, get from the Bible and share with other people. Let us draw near. He says, that's looking up. That's getting close to Jesus. And then, let us hold fast to the confession without wavering in our faith. That's looking in. Where am I at, Lord? Where am I at, Lord, in my relationship with you? And then he, then he says, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works in each other. He says, that's looking around. Looking around. You know, so here, here is Pastor Stu Mulligan in his 80s, in his final days here on earth, and God is still refueling his heart about something to help other people with. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, guys, that's church family. That's, that's how I want to go. <laughs> that's how I want to go. I want every lampstand in my life burning with a love for Jesus Christ so that my grandsons and church family and those that come after me will have the way lit up to Jesus Christ in their own lives. How many in my one church family you want that to happen to? Right on? You want that to happen to? Well, let, let, let's pray about this together. Jesus, may we non-stop increasingly become a church where you find what you're looking for. Lord, walk among us today and speak to us as a church about what each of us needs to keep our love refueled. Talk to us about what we need to remove from our lives so that the fire, nothing interferes with the fire of love for you, burning strong. And Lord, this fall, thank you that as we do that, when December comes, we'll end up with more than a better lampstand. We'll have a better and brighter fire. Oh, Lord, may our love light up and be strong so that we light up the way for others to experience the love that never fails, we pray. So we're building the fall. We're building this fall on this foundation of the love of Jesus Christ for us and our love for him. How many can say a good amen? Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.